Depending on how the question is asked, one of four women could be considered the first female governor. Nellie Ross became governor of Wyoming in 1925, making her the first woman to hold the title in the U.S. But this only happened because her husband, Governor William Bradford Ross, died from appendicitis less than two years into his first term. A special election was held to replace him. Nellie wavered on whether she should run for his office. Eventually, Republicans nominated their own guy. The Democrats went ahead and nominated Nellie. She was informed and then just 45 minutes before the deadline accepted the Democrats' nomination. Sympathy vote or the help from her husband's last name and connections, she ended up winning by a larger margin than her husband did. Miriam A. Ferguson became governor of Texas two weeks after Nellie Ross. Miriam's husband, Governor James Edward Ferguson, was impeached on 10 charges of embezzlement. Since he was prohibited from running for governor, he offered up his wife as a puppet candidate in the special election to replace him. They were very obvious about it. She even used a slogan, two governors for the price of one. She did win the election, however, she lost re-election. She ran again a few years later, serving a second term as governor from 1933 to 1937. While in office, she was accused, along with her husband, of accepting bribes. They also gave out so many pardons, nearly 4,000, that voters changed the state's constitution so that only the politically independent Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles could issue pardons. Lurleen Wallace became governor of Alabama in 1967. Her husband, George Wallace, was governor prior to her. He planned on running for president in 1968 and wanted all the perks that came with the governor's office. However, term limits kept him from running again, so he had his wife run. Lurleen won, but George was the de facto governor. His staff remained in the administration. He had an office across from Lurleen, and they were both referred to by staff as governor. She died less than two years into her term. Several years before assuming office, doctors noticed questionable tissue when she gave birth to her last child. Doctors only told her husband, who decided to withhold it from Lurleen. This turned into uterine cancer, which then required a hysterectomy. Just five months into her term as governor, the cancer returned. She died less than two years after being elected to office. The first woman elected governor, who got there on her own ability and not her husband's, was Ella Grasso. She was elected to the Connecticut General Assembly and later served as the state's Secretary of State for more than a decade. She also chaired the Democratic State Platform Committee for 12 years. After becoming governor, she fought to keep it. Her own lieutenant governor tried to challenge her in the primary. Ella won her second term. Sadly, she resigned in 1980, less than two years into that second term, due to ovarian cancer. She passed away the following year. She may have been a pioneer for women, but she did not fit the mold of a typical feminist. She opposed abortion and did not support affirmative action. Dolly Madison became first lady in 1809 when her husband James Madison took office as the third president of the United States. Dolly was prepared for her new role as she served as stand-in first lady for former president and bachelor Thomas Jefferson. Dolly held weekly receptions for anyone who wanted to come. Her willingness to entertain peasants bothered some elitists, with a Massachusetts senator complaining that she mixed, quote, all classes of people, greasy boots and silk stockings. Dolly became a style icon of the day. She was known for her imported clothes and turbans that women soon began copying. She shied away from political statements, but was nevertheless an important part of Madison's administration. 
She befriended his allies and enemies, making sure to mend and maintain a roster of key relationships, something that helped him win his second term. When her husband was inaugurated, the commander of the Washington Navy Yard asked Dolly to sponsor a dance and dinner. Her attendance at this event marks the first inaugural ball, a tradition that continues to this day. She was stubborn and not about to let the British destroy the people's house in the War of 1812. As the White House was burning to the ground, she was running around trying to save important documents and art. In fact, she refused to leave unless the giant portrait of George Washington could be taken down and carried out with her. Dolly was immensely popular during and after her tenure as First Lady. After leaving office, she was awarded an honorary seat in Congress, and she was even invited to be the first private citizen to issue a telegraph. Dolly died at the age of 81. President Zachary Taylor and his entire administration attended her funeral. He referred to her as First Lady, coining a term that would forever be associated with presidential spouses. Now that you know where we've been, find out where we're going. Tune in to Ladies Love Politics, where you can stay informed without going insane.